And so Lock Radio. No. Good morning and welcome to Live Dharma Sunday. If you have called in to listen to this morning's broadcast, please note that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you are joining us from either the Bright Dawn Ning site or the Blog Talk Radio site, please note that it is not necessary to call in. If you are experiencing loss of audio or the Blog Talk Radio player is not working properly, please refresh your page and hit the play button once more. It may take a few moments for your browser to complete the buffering process. Once again, welcome to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the broadcast. Exercises during their 
when you know after the meditation period is she suggests these very down earth daily activities that that are involved and for example one of them is uh, do do a routine uh, do a routine activity with your non dominant hand like for example if you take uh, brushing your teeth um, and so she says why don't you brush your teeth with your non-dominant hand? So then she relates this, you know, in all her exercises, she relates it to what the teaching might be and how it might relate to the Dharma and so forth. And I don't remember exactly the details in her exercise, but I remember this non-dominant hand while you're brushing your teeth. And so I... I I sometimes I do that. I remember this when I'm brushing my teeth, and so I switch to my left hand, and and the and the way that I process this, okay, I don't remember if it's exactly the way she said it in the book, but when you do something that's usually routine, but you use your non-dominant hand, it kind of makes you aware of the uniqueness of each moment. That it's not just, well, just brushing your teeth again. Okay? That's a, just an co- abstract concept. You only brush your teeth once, right now. That kind of an experience, fully alive, fresh, okay? Uh, or I remember there was the third onceness. Kind of a neat word. And in fact, there was a meditation group at the, the Buddhist Temple of Chicago, the, you know, my father's meditation group. I think they put out a, uh, a newsletter that was titled Onceness. And it's a nice compliment to oneness, onceness. <laughs> so that came to my mind in terms of when you do something in a different way than you routinely do it. So I, I was thinking about this as I was brushing my teeth this morning. So I said, oh, I'm going to share this aspect. And uh, now I know that um, I, know that, uh, I want to introduce, I guess it was a Dharma glimpse, but I look from our, our studio switchboard Adrian's on on the private line with him on his cell phone and because he couldn't call in um, but you know what if he does call in he could join in but he happened to email us his dumber glimpse so if I could pinch hit oh why don't you do that maybe yeah up to your mouthpiece. Okay. Uh, see if you do it. Did you catch that, Bill? Toyo? Bill Toyo, can you hear me? This is Koyo Kubosi here. Hello. Calling Bill Toyo. He, he might be. I'm, I got Delpho Adrian next to the microphone talk so maybe I thought that Bill could give his Dharma glimpse and he could 
it could trans broadcast through my microphone rather than through the the regular server there. Maybe he's went to get another phone or something because he's not responding to to me. Well, Bill Toyo, good thing Buddhists are flexible. Hey, Adrian, here's your phone. I'm going to read his Dharma glimpse. Okay, thanks for bearing with us. I'm going to go ahead and read his Dharma glimpse. It's titled, The Full Moon Buddhist. The full moon is one of those sacred times in the Buddhist calendar. The Buddha became enlightened on the full moon night. The story is that he was born on a full moon night. He became enlightened on the same night, full moon night, the same month. And he died on the same month, on the same full moon night. Now, it may not have happened historically that way, but it may have happened as a coincidence. But in any case, I find it significant, it's important in my own Buddhist practice and tradition. It really has nothing to say about the Buddha, the man, person, but it says something about the state of Buddhahood, that state of awakening, born as a full moon, matures as a full moon, and one day it disappears into into the totality as a full moon. So the full moon is a symbol, a metaphor, a metaphor for silence, peace, calm, quiet, equilibrium, a metaphor like existence, for music, for love, a metaphor for the mysterious. Sometimes you will see a moon mandala, which is a significant symbol in Buddhism. It is a symbol of bodhicitta, or bodhi, which means mind of enlightenment. So it makes sense that in Buddhism, we revere the full moon as sacred. I have always been a moon person and a secret <laughs> since childhood. There are a couple of definitions for space today, but after giving it some thought, both will most likely fit. What comes from past memory is radar men from the moon, commando, coke serial, and also David Bowie, the man in the moon lyrics. Don't be afraid of man in the moon because it's only me. Also another quote. It's like the finger pointing to the moon, said Bruce Lee and entered a dragon. There's always a Dharma message if we just take time to look for it. The moon represents the true mind. Dharma, which is spoken, is the finger. If someone points to the moon, don't just look at the finger because, you know, the moon, or you think the finger is the moon, or you don't know what's naturally bright. That, that means enlightenment. Versus what, what is the dark or lacking enlightenment. Uh, I have found myself, and I believe it's important to follow the, the lunar cycle. I find the moon's light is bright and cooling. It symbolizes the coolness of nirvana and the clarity of a stable, compassionate mind. Moonlight is a symbol for 
pacifying energy. Did you know that the earth and the moon are like nurse to each other? And then we see a first quarter moon in the sky. Those on the moon would see the last quarter earth. Well, this year, 2018, we had the first of two full moons on January 31st. And the next one will be in 34 days on March 31st. The first full moon was a rarity, a total lunar eclipse and a super blue moon as a bonus. February is the only calendar month where it's possible for no full moon to take place. February does bring us one important Buddhist celebration. Uh, this past Thursday, February 15th, celebrated as Nirvana Day, the passing of the Buddha, Paranvani Day. Traditional Buddhist societies observe the lunar calendar, meaning that their months are based on the moon cycle, contrary to the solar calendar of the Western world, where dates are calculated by the position of the Earth as it revolves around the sun. By observing the lunar calendar, the moon is understood as the center of a Buddhist life. Favorite Zen koan, moon cannot be stolen. Uh, it's a parable by Rokan Zen Master, who lived the simplest kind of life in a little hut at the foot of a mountain. When that story goes, one evening a, a thief visited the hut, only discovered there's nothing to steal. He was just a you know poor monk. Rokan returned and he and he saw him. He said, "Oh, gee, you came a long way to to visit me." He told the prowler, "And you should not return empty-handed." Take my clothes as a gift. And Lukan sat naked watching the moon and he said, Oh, poor fellow, I wish I could have given him this beautiful moon too. Well, tonight is a wax, waxing gibbous, meaning a moon that appears more than half lighted, this moon. Waxing means growing. We all know that the Buddha's enlightenment is supposed to have occurred at full moon. And the demonic attack was during a waxing gibbous moon, such as you will see tonight. So as the moon builds to its fullness, I will put aside some time to act something that will bring peace. It could be reciting sutra, or be a walking meditation, or just take time for breathing with awareness. It's a great time to practice mindfulness. When I see the moon in its entirety, I slow down. As a Buddhist, I believe that the moon has a strong effect on our human body. Regardless of our beliefs, the moon does have a powerful pull toward our making amends. A full moon can be celebrated in many ways. Just go for a walk and look up at the moon. Go to a water source if you can and watch the ebbing, flowing tides. Meditating on how the moon affects our lives. You might consider forming a special meditation ceremony on the full moon. Maybe by setting up your altar with silver and gold candles. Starting your ritual by ringing a bell, you might want to include a chant. Lighting incense to purify your mind and create a spiritual atmosphere. You can center yourself by taking one step back 
contemplating what you're about to do for seconds and then stepping forward again. Many months ago, when I started practicing with the Bhutan Sangha, I learned it was important to keep adding to your spiritual toolbox. And the full moon, one of my first. To celebrate the full moon, all we need to do is sit back for a moment, become a little more still. May it be so. William Toyo Holland, February 25th, 2018. Well, well, very good. I'm so glad to be that I was able to to share this. I think we could all gain a lot from a little bit more awareness. So I think we all know about We all are interested, fascinated by the moon to a certain degree. But to put it in the Buddhist context, ah, that's wonderful, wonderful. Okay, that's all today's broadcast. And again, I hope we get this technical. Even the Dharma has technical difficulties. But I hope that until next time, that indeed we will be able to keep going. And you have a wonderful day.